0: Thank mm-hmm. you. Welcome to Hazel and Katniss and Harry and Star, a young adult literature podcast. Their film and television adaptations and everything in between. I'm Joe,
1: and I'm Agent Three Five Five.
0: No, you are not. No, I'm
1: not. I'm Brennan.
0: <laughs> oh, I'm York. Wait, what? What are we doing? <laughs> But our show is created on the traditional lands of the Haudenosaunee, the Huron-Wendat, and the Anishinaabe on lands connected to the Toronto Purchase Treaty 13 of 1805.
1: And on the Tukumlupste Shwetmik territory within the unceded traditional lands of Shwetmikulu. And today's text, Why the Last Man, is set primarily in Washington, D.C. Well, sort of it comes up the most we picked it um the traditional home of the Anacostan and Piscataway peoples this is absolutely not something either the series in the comics or the tv show deals with and I actually think it's Mm. a total missed opportunity
0: it is weird isn't it because it's right there
1: yeah yeah I don't know man so we're talking about why the last man and it's a comic series by Brian K. Vaughn and Pia Guerra and we have looked at I think we're both on the same page here right we've read mm-hmm. i read the first four volumes i think you made it to five and then I we did. both watched yeah. the first four episodes yes and it's a reread for both of us but it hits pretty different this time around i would oh, say yeah
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and uh and i think we have we have sort of similar but different feelings about the the tv series so i think it's going to be a good discussion today joe
0: mm-hmm. yeah so Brenna, do you remember when you first read these
1: I read them as they came out wow. in paperback. So not as they came out in single issues. Mm-hmm. And then at some point, Dev acquired the whole series. And so Hugh Guerra is a Canadian comics artist. So I've used them, you know, in classes where we've looked at different styles of art by Canadian creators and mm-hmm. things like that. So I, I have a, a strong familiarity with the series as a whole. But I, I cannot believe how much I don't remember what happened yeah, I'm at the end of issue four. And I'm like, mm, not really, not really sure. what <laughs> <next.">
0: <laughs> I know certain things happen. I can't remember where or how or it's yeah.
1: weird. Yeah. And so that's been a strange experience of watching the TV show, because I'm not entirely sure which creative choices mm-hmm. are just moved up from the comic series, or which I'm misremembering or what. So it's been kind of a strange experience. But when did you read these for the first
0: time? So I got into comics relatively late. For a long time, I was one of those people that we don't always love who say, (laughs) oh, well, comics are for kids. So Mm -hmm. it wasn't probably until hmm, maybe a decade ago, maybe Mm -hmm. a little bit longer. All 10 volumes were out at this point and this ended up really being my gateway back into the world of comics Mm -hmm. so i devoured these and then i used these as my kind of litmus test whenever people would say i'm interested in comics but i think they're for kids or Mm -hmm. i'm not really interested in superheroes because that's kind of the other prevailing myth is that it's dc and marvel that's doing comics So I would use Why the Last Man as an opportunity to educate people like there's other types of stories. And in a way, this is a bit of a superhero chosen one kind of narrative. Mm -hmm. But I found the premise. Oh, boy, it's such a good hook. Mm -hmm. So I would typically give people like my first volume, and then they would get absolutely latched onto it. And then from then, it would be okay, well, let's talk about other similar kinds of comics. And we would go from there.
1: You are also a big lover of Brian K. Vaughan's work generally, right?
0: I really am. Yeah. We obviously just talked about Runaways uh, a couple of weeks ago, which is arguably one of my less favorite ones of his, but mm-hmm. Saga and Paper Girls, big 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 fan of.
1: Mhm. And he is he's a good writer and he's good at I would say complex heroes, heroes who you don't always root for. Mhm. Which is not new anymore to comics, but I think Brian K. Vaughn was one of the people who really brought that out in contemporary comics for adults. The idea of like, yeah, it doesn't just have to be a morally clear protagonist. And I, that's mm-hmm. one of the things I like about Why the Last Man is that sometimes you kind of want to just strangle Yorick. Oh I also gosh. really appreciate that the comic is aware of how how pretentious a slacker mm-hmm. Yorick is and mocks him for it mercilessly that's At kind every of my
0: opportunity yeah
1: my favorite meta humor in the comic is the con- the comedy that comes from just the rest of the world interacting with yorick
0: frankly mm-hmm. <laughs> all right so brenna what is this comic about
1: okay so the hook the hook is that uh yorick is literally y the last man uh, some kind of virus has swept through the world and all living mammals with a y chromosome have died Mm -hmm. simultaneously. Yeah. Except for Yorick and his monkey named Ampersand. And yeah, his monkey's named Ampersand. And yeah, that's one of the things I'm talking about with him being Mm conscious. So... (laughs) The knock-on effects are many, right? Um, Men are obviously a a large percentage of the people who fly planes and drive trains and drive trucks. And so the knock-on disasters also kill lots of women. And infrastructure basically collapses. So it's not just like half the population dies. It's like half the population dies instantaneously. And then many, 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 many many more people continue to die as Mm -hmm. like... Water plants cease to function properly and so on and so forth.
0: There's a lot of nuclear disasters, the entire chain of command in specifically the US, because that's where the majority of the story takes place. So we end up with it's Jorg's mother in a bit of a convenient state, right? Where she's, I think, a senator for. She's a congresswoman.
1: There we go. She's a Democrat.
0: Yeah. And. That's actually one of the interesting things that they swap for the TV show, right? She's Mm -hmm. conservative in the comics, and she's very reactionary against like a lot of women's issues, which I think is where some of the tension comes from Yorick and his sister, Hero, who Mm -hmm. are both a little bit more liberal and Mm -hmm, mm open-minded.
1: And in the TV series, they accelerate all of the political intrigue quite a bit. In the comics, it's actually quite a slow burn. So Mm -hmm. there's this whole scrap over who's going to be in charge, because obviously many of the people in the chain of command are dead. And Mm -hmm. so instead, it becomes like the Minister of Agriculture, I guess, is technically now the president, but it's effectively the, the surviving women in the US House of Representatives who are Democrats, but the president was Republican, I think. Mm hmm. They are sort of trying to just hold things together as best they can. That is all accelerated in the TV series. But basically, so you've got like this political situation that's really unstable. And one of the things that I think is fascinating is the primarily Republican... Senators and congresspeople who have died, their wives are asking to take over their seats.
0: Mm-hmm. But they weren't democratically elected. They weren't
1: elected, right? But the country is also not in a position to be able to hold elections. So, mm-hmm. this is the whole thing that's happening. We also have side plots where there's an Israeli commando um, named mm-hmm. Alter. There's these women who have sliced off their breasts or burnt off their breasts who are trying to kind of like lead this sort of like an old school lesbian exclusionist kind of society, but they're also extremely violent and murderous Um, and they call themselves the Amazons. Mm -hmm. There's Yorick's sister who is hero and she is an EMT. There's all these different like little plots going around the outside, but really the key central piece here is that they need to find out why Yorick survived And Mm -hmm. see if that is something that can be harnessed to help rebuild the population.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, so Yorick was living in New York, as was Hero, but they get separated. Yorick has a girlfriend who loves him, but she's kind of off doing her own adventure in Australia. And she's a bit of a big plot point early on. And then she fades away as time passes, because the comic covers a lot of time, like, I think between Volume 1 and 5, there's like two years that go by. And basically, Yorick ends up getting picked up by Agent 355, who is a member of a Culper ring. It's a kind of secret society. Yeah, I was
1: going to say it's a secret service within the Secret Service. It's like, it's very secret. They work for the president, but they are also, they seem to be quite empowered to do their own thing.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. They're very much like doing things politically behind the scenes that would not be okay on the books. And that's part of why they have to do it. But also you're like, oh... Um <laughs> mm-hmm. this is not good. Anyway, so 355 is actually tasked by Yorick's mother to escort him to find Dr. Mann, who is a geneticist who might be able to assess why Yorick and Ampersand were resistant to the virus so that they can find some kind of cure. In later volumes there's a Russian Uh, A woman from Russia who discovers that they have a... The
1: Soyuz rocket, the Soyuz capsule is coming back, and it's going to land. Mm -hmm. It's designed to land in an ocean, but they've stayed up there way longer than they should have, and they're coming down, and they're going to land in some field in Kansas. Yeah. And when they land, there's a Russian astronaut, and then two American astronauts, Mm -hmm. and the lady American astronaut is pregnant.
0: Yes. Yeah, they initially think that they're just going to try to go after the two men. And then of course, both of them die. Yeah, (laughs) in the crash, not by the virus. So yeah, but we do end up with a pregnant American. And that's where the Israeli agent alter ends up intersecting. Thank God, because I think this is actually one of the worst subplots from a contemporary point of view, just the way that Israel is Oh boy, they're presented as wanting, well not even Israel, it is this agent who works for the Israeli army altar who believes that the only way to guarantee stability is to identify a villain or an antagonist, so she actively cultivates war and conflict, so she wants to abduct Yorick and bring him back to Israel so that they can be a powerhouse like in the new regime. It's deeply uncomfortable, Brenna.
1: Yeah, you reacted a lot more strongly than I did to it. I was mostly just surprised to see a mainstream comic book from an American writer that deals with Israeli foreign policy at all.
0: Yeah, that is fair.
1: I mean, one of the things that gets pointed out in the comic is, like, that they have basically used the virus as an opportunity to effectively cleanse, ethnically cleanse Gaza.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's really uncomfortable to read, but it's mostly just really, for me, I found it really surprising to see Brian K. Vaughan. I think of him as a fairly middle-of-the-road creator, politically. Mm-hmm. And so it was surprising to me that in the period when he wrote this, it seemed politically safe to write about that. I don't think it is. It would be now.
0: No. mm Yeah. Yeah, and maybe that's why I responded so strongly to it is just the simple fact that it is being acknowledged.
1: Mm.
0: I mean, it's always been a political hot potato, mm-hmm. and yet I feel like in the last couple of years, it's gotten worse.
1: Yeah, I would totally agree with that, 100%.
0: Yeah. So a lot of the comics are focused on the kind of amusing Experiences and adventures of Yorick and 355, and eventually Dr. Man, because she becomes kind of a a member of the trio. She is a lesbian who has cloned herself Mm -hmm. and is eventually revealed, spoilers, folks, to have done it primarily just to get back at her more famous father. And she's actually not a very good geneticist. And A lot of it is just them trying to find a safe place, you know, like they go to her lab and then the Israeli agents end up blowing it up. So then they have to go to her backup lab in San Francisco. And what normally would only take a couple of hours by plane or a couple of weeks by train end up taking them years. And they keep having these various adventures where they run into different types of female groups. So at one point, they find a town that seems to be perfect. And it's because it's actually run by women who have not escaped, but been liberated from uh, prison. And
1: I love this storyline.
0: Yeah, I think it's really good.
1: What's interesting is that uh, one of the knock-on disasters that we find out about is that um, in a lot of prisons where the only leadership was male, mm-hmm. the prisoners who were female were just left to die because... yeah. They weren't a priority. (laughs) And so they just starved to death in the prisons. And so, this one prison, which happened to have a female warden, she releases them all. Mm -hmm. And, like, basically, it's just like, I guess we're done here. And yeah, they set up kind of an ideal society. Yeah. (laughs) I want to live in the former prison colony
0: town. If I had to live anywhere
1: in this comic, that is the spot I would choose.
0: (laughs) Oh, sure. It's basically a utopia, but it only works because they have established some pretty set rules. And of course, this is when Hero comes in and just absolutely ruins everything because Hero Mm -hmm. has actually joined the Amazon. She's been brainwashed by their leader, Victoria. There's a lot of this where women become radicalized or they end up filling the power vacuum and are demonstrated to be just as corruptible or fallible as Mm -hmm. men were. And I found that a lot more compelling initially when I first read it, you know, 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. And now I feel like there's less astute observations about how things would be different if women were in charge.
1: I feel like vaughn leans back on the same trope over and over again yes it's um it's a lot easier if you're a member of the power structure to imagine that the only truth in life is that absolute power corrupts absolutely right Mm -hmm. it's a way we comfort ourselves that you know this is the only way that it could be because people get powerful and they do bad things and that's what happens exactly And it's a pretty dramatic failure of imagination. It also fails to sort of really negotiate or engage with whether it's in knots and crosses, it fails to negotiate or engage with like actual examples of black leadership. And Mm -hmm. in Why the Last Man, it fails to engage with actual matriarchal societies like, yeah, they have existed. Right. And uh, and I find that to be. I think it's just it's the easy road, but it's definitely disappointing. And I didn't notice it the first time I read it. I was just like, Mm -hmm. Oh, wow, look at all these cool adventures. And this time I was like, it's really convenient that every time he needs a villain, he's got a brainwashing woman who's incredibly like, power hungry.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah,
1: it's almost belittling in a way too, because there's so much less nuance in the way the women control and take power. It's always this kind of similar message, similar brainwashing. Mm -hmm. Whereas like, I don't know, I don't think we assume that there's any one mechanism by which the patriarchy maintains its power, do we? I don't know. I just found it interesting and kind of, um, I don't know, a little bit disappointing this time around, I guess.
0: Yeah, it definitely leans into the sensational, which, Mm -hmm. you know, as somebody who creates, I can understand because you're looking for conflict, you're looking for things that are exciting to read or watch. But at the same time, and you cued this to me before we started recording, it becomes a problem when you binge read. And like, Mm -hmm. this is a highly bingeable series Mm -hmm. where Mm -hmm. you put down one and you just immediately pick up the next one. I can read one of these volumes in about an hour. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you can make a lot of progress very quickly, but it also then becomes so... Clear how much we are going back to this (laughs) same one well which is like women with guns be crazy yeah and it not only becomes repetitive but you're right it becomes disappointing to the extent that you wish there was actually more issues or conflicts that were just derived by okay well what would we do like how would we fill this I actually quite like the fourth volume, which finds Dr. Man and Agent 355 having to go off and get, I think it's penicillin or something for ampersand. So they disappear for most of the comic, and Yorick is actually gently tortured slash put through therapy by Agent 355's friend, Agent 711. And not only do I think the art is really interesting in Mm. this particular volume, but... It finally addresses an issue that plagues the first three volumes of the comic, which is why does Yorick seem to have a death wish? He just yeah. constantly reveals his gender identity and oh puts God. himself in front of Agent 355, who is always better prepared to handle any kind of conflict.
1: Yes. And it's an interesting... We'll talk about it when we get to the TV series, but it's interesting how this ports over to the TV series. Mm-hmm. Because it has i don't know i guess less of the complexity i find this part of the comic series really difficult to read okay it's incredibly
0: yeah we should note the fact that the use of the r word is liberal throughout all of this and in this particular volume yorick is repeatedly debased using the gay slur yes starts with f i'm not gonna say it
1: yes it also hinges on sexual abuse in York's past that I suspect some of our listeners might want a heads up on before they pick up. Mm-hmm. York is in such a vulnerable position here. I mean, he is always in a vulnerable position. That's right. one thing the comic makes really clear, like Yorick's gender, it assigns him specialness and importance, but no power no. Um, in this context. So he's always vulnerable, but here he is so so vulnerable and the art is so evocative and these flash memories Mm -hmm. of his sexual past are used in such an upsetting way by the therapist in
0: quotation marks (laughs) indeed yeah
1: that yeah i just i find this volume particularly hard to read which is a shame because i love a lot of other things that are happening in the volume Mm -hmm. but i find that part really really difficult
0: Yeah, it's also different from a lot of the other interactions that we've seen York have. So even though he's met numerous women who have asked him to sleep with them or they have tried to come on to him, the comic always reverts back to saying, oh, well, he has a fiancé in Beth and that's why he has remained celibate or he doesn't engage with this and then this is really the first time that we start to see some of those cracks come Mm -hmm. into play Mm -hmm. and it's interesting because i think if i'm remembering correctly he does actually sleep with a woman in volume five Mm -hmm. and you know at this point it's been several years and you get the impression that because of what he's gone through in volume four he's realized he has to stop holding on to certain things including the fact that he will likely never see Beth again.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's very well done from an emotional arc perspective. And it's very necessary because you're right. Up until that point, York is extremely annoying. Like,
0: Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, he's such a
1: brat. (laughs) He's such a brat and he keeps almost dying. He's very young looking in those first three volumes as well. Mm -hmm. And he's such a boy, you know, and in some ways that's really compelling. And it makes you kind of want to like look after him but mm-hmm. on the other hand it's also really annoying <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so i think i think ultimately it's good for the story it's just it's hard to read right yeah yeah
0: so why don't we transition over to the tv show where we can talk about how some of this has translated
1: sure mr president you're i'm fine come on guys
0: Nothing! Nothing! Without a woman or a girl. Madam President, power plants will start to shut down. Which which city? All of them. Somewhere is the answer
1: to how this all happened and how we fix it. Who are you? Yorick. You're reproductively interesting.
0: Wow. Okay. Uh. Okay. So, why The Last Man? Uh, Unfortunately, at the time that we're recording this, it's a couple of days after it's been announced that the show has actually already been cancelled. Which is a bit of a shame, considering the show has had a very long and rocky adaptation route. So... They have been trying to get this onto some kind of television or movie format for the last 14 years, and it has had a number of false starts. It has changed networks. It at one point had an entire pilot shot with a whole other cast, with the exception of Diane Lane, who has remained on throughout both iterations.
1: Who is perfect casting,
0: by the way. Absolutely She's perfect. Amazing. She's fantastic in this role. She's so good. I mean, shocker. She's Diane. Lane. <laughs> <laughs> So the version that finally got off the ground and was airing on the FX network in the U.S. has been developed by a woman named Eliza Clark. And yes, as we mentioned, it features Diane Lane as Jennifer Brown. So she in this version becomes the president and there isn't another woman who eventually comes in and replaces her, although there is a hint in, I think, episode three That there is a woman who should be next in line, but she is actually, this is the Israel component of the show. She Mm -hmm. was injured while she was traveling overseas and was in a coma. And then we also have Ashley Romans as Agent 355. I think she is the star of this show. My
1: God, she's so good.
0: She is so good.
1: (laughs) She has the ability to let you know exactly what she thinks of Yorick with Mm -hmm. like, an eyebrow twitch it is so good because she does she has this perfectly like restrained demeanor as the secret service agent should Mm -hmm. but this incredible expressive face i just oh it's so good
0: yeah she's amazing Mm -hmm. and then we have a british actor who's covering it up fairly well in ben schnetzer and he is fine i think he's He's doing what he needs to do like he makes york suitably annoying and petulant and narcissistic but he does have a good amount of vulnerability yeah i agree olivia thurby as hero and okay let's move on and um (laughs) and then interestingly enough the show they don't have beth living in australia so they keep the proposal in the pilot, and then Beth just kind of leaves because she and York get into a big fight. She is played in this iteration by Julianne Canfield, and we've not seen her in the remainder of the episodes that you and I or have watched. Have so, we? up to episode four. Or have we? Or have we? Well,
1: I remember, he thinks he's chasing her down that flight of stairs. Oh my gosh,
0: market. I don't even want to. No, <laughs> stop it. Uh, among some of the other characters, we have Elliot Fletcher as Sam Jordan, a trans man and hero's best friend. This is one of the things where you're like, oh, okay, the show benefits from mm-hmm. not being Time. developed until later, because we actually have a nuanced portrayal of a trans character played by an actual trans actor, which, mm-hmm. thank goodness, Brenna. Yeah
1: absolutely elliot fletcher is great in the fosters if you haven't watched him there you should stop it so good well i'm sorry but it's true and and the main thing you need to know about elliot fletcher as sam in the tv series Mm -hmm. is sam is hero's best friend Mm -hmm. and every time you're watching a scene with the two of them you're like why am i hearing about hero and not sam sam is way (laughs) way more interesting
0: oh absolutely yeah it's um I don't think it's any shade to say that Olivia Thurby is... She's not doing a bad job. It's no, that it's Hero not is not interesting.
1: No, and she's no. very self-destructive. And part of the problem is that she is self-destructive and York is self-destructive. And mm-hmm. so those plots end up being incredibly... I mean, I guess you could be generous and say they're mirroring each other and it's Mm -hmm. telling us something about the two of them as siblings. Yes. Um, But the ungenerous reading is that it's very boring. (laughs)
0: Yes. (laughs) I agree on both counts. (laughs) Okay, a couple more cast members. We have Marin Ireland as Nora Brady. This is a new character for the TV show. She formerly worked for the president. And then she gets iced out because, uh, as you mentioned earlier, Brenna, we're really leaning into the political divides. Mm -hmm. And she's kind of on the wrong side. So she doesn't have access to the white house slash the pentagon which is really where the women are held up now Mm -hmm. and her story is just so sad like she's got a daughter who is a bit of a misfit and she ends up getting injured and then
1: they get abandoned by their like they have this little group of women who they're Mm -hmm. like living in this big house with and they all abandon her to go to some other commune i
0: yes i actually really like (sighs) this because it addresses some of those issues that I had with the comic where these women aren't, it's not that they're villains. It's just that they don't have a connection to this woman because she was a workaholic who was involved in politics. Like she had a husband and a son as well as this daughter. And she clearly was more focused on work because that Mm -hmm. was what was driving her. And then the world changes but she doesn't have the kind of cultural capital to negotiate going with these women. So they just say, we don't have room, we don't have food, we don't have gas. And all of a sudden, she's abandoned. Mm-hmm. It's heartbreaking, but I found it really compelling in a more grounded way.
1: Yeah, I agree. And it's it's the kind of story of post-apocalypse that would happen. It would happen mm-hmm. a million times a day, right? Yes. And so seeing it unfold is upsetting. But mm-hmm. it's it's probably good that it's included. Yes, I feel like the show doesn't really know what to do with her after that. Like, yeah, the show is like, we're trying to show you what it looks like for someone who doesn't have community. Mm-hmm. And it's hard. Anyway, like, I yeah, feel- <laughs> and
0: she's still here, by the way, we're <laughs> yeah, gonna keep coming still, back to her.
1: We still yeah. gotta cut back to this. And uh, yeah,
0: yeah. So she ends up meeting up with a uh, hero as well as Sam, they cross paths and,
1: and Hero's trying to conceal her identity as the president's daughter, right? So that's an important coming together, because of course, this woman who worked in the White House knows darn well who Hero is. Mm -hmm. And so I can see that there's something interesting coming, but it it takes a hot minute.
0: Yeah, yeah, like this comes out in episode four. And these episodes are full hour long, because of course, we're talking about prestige uh, cable television. Mm -hmm. So one final character, uh, Amber Tamblin.
1: Yes, let's talk about this character.
0: <laughs> yeah, so this is also a new character created mm-hmm. for the show, Kimberly Cunningham. She is the daughter of the dead president, who, P.S., was played by Paul Gross. Paul Gross! Hey-o! <laughs> Canada strong filmed in Toronto vibes. <laughs> uh, Mississauga, but yes.
1: <laughs> also, one of the president's, like, chief of staff ladies mm-hmm. uh, was one of the hosts of that kids' show, Join In. It was, <laughs> like, oh, from... Okay. Anyway, I was like singing the theme song, and Devon's like, I don't think that's the vibe they're going for.
0: (laughs) Not so much, no. This is very dour and serious in a lot of ways, right? Like, not a lot of joy here.
1: But let's talk about Amber Tamblyn, because this character is a fascinating addition to the series. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, I think it's a very clever, not just character, but also casting decision. Because when you see Amber Tamblyn, you think, smart, capable, young woman, you know, she's Joan of Arcadia, Mm -hmm. and... She is not Joan of Arcadia in this show.
1: So there is a whole culture around the parenting of boys that mm-hmm. is fascinating like i'm talking in real life not in the series and um that is what they're tapping into here so amber tamlin is not just the daughter of the president she's a mother of five boys herself mm-hmm. and she has created kind of a star brand as often children of presidents do and right. her star brand is boy mom so she has a book about being a boy mom and how difficult it is for boys because if boys make one single mistake their reputations are ruined and mm-hmm. cancel culture cancel is out culture. To get all boys and let me tell you as like a woman with a brain raising a boy you encounter this all the time that like any social progress oh yeah these moms are everywhere these moms are one of the reasons i quit facebook these moms are everywhere their desire to stop any kind of social progress because particularly white moms have boys because Mm -hmm. they they feel like accountability is like I don't know beyond their ability to like raise children with or something anyway whatever.
0: Mm-hmm. Amber
1: Tamblyn's character here, Kimber, is that mom. And
0: yes. she seems like she's actually styled and designed in part on Megan McCain.
1: Totally. Oh, she's 100% styled on Megan McCain, the hairstyles, absolutely.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So what happens when all the boys are gone when your entire identity is not just mother right and this is an important distinction between her and some of the other women who have experienced losses in the series because Mm -hmm. her her identity is not just mother her identity is mother of boys subservient mother to boys Mm -hmm. like mother who will destroy herself to make sure her boys have the best possible life and then her boys are gone and it's a fascinating fascinating character you can see her trying to amass political power because Mm -hmm. she was one of her father's sort of confidants. And of course, Jennifer Brown doesn't treat her that way. No. So-
0: I love it. She has no time for her, but she's still playing civil politician. And I think part of the reason I struggle with some of the other scenes is because Diane Lane and Amber Tamblyn and some of these other (laughs) women who are kind of percolating around in the Pentagon scenes- Just so fascinating. Just so so compelling.
1: Compelling. So compelling. And so it's like she's trying to rebuild her entire life, but she's constantly sort of struck by, there's a woman who runs like a daycare in the, in the Pentagon, basically Mm -hmm. now. And she's like, I'm going to kill these little efforts, basically, when they're running around. And like, Kimber overhears this. And like, what does that feel like? Right. And it's all these layers to her character. I think it's one of the most interesting roles Amber Tamlin's had in a while.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think she actually took a bit of a sabbatical from acting, but it was a surprise when I saw that she was part of this. And now it's a delight.
1: Yeah, totally. I actually didn't even recognize her at first. I think I'm so used to a very particular styling Mm -hmm. of her. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it was it. uh, I think she's really good. And there's a lot of changes that they've made to the TV show. Some of them Mm -hmm. I think are really good. The introduction of a trans character is critical to an, an updating of this property Mm -hmm. absolutely and some of them i'm just kind of like like i get it like they're raising the stakes by making york's mom the president i get it but Mm -hmm. some of what comes from that like the chasing of york through the pentagon part was a bit a bit too far for me Mm -hmm. but this i think is the addition to the series that surprised me the most like i hoped they would add a trans character for god's sake it's the thing the comic does the
0: worst right Yeah, well, I'm not convinced that we're not gonna still do a bad thing. Because thus far in the episodes that we've seen, there doesn't appear to be any sign of the Amazons. There's a hint that the women that Nora and Hiro end up housing with Mm -hmm. may end up becoming the Amazons, and they maybe just haven't named themselves yet. Mm -hmm. But I'm very concerned that Sam is going to meet a similar fate to what we saw in the comics, which is that they are mistaken for a living man and the Amazons kill them.
1: Oh, no, I don't want that.
0: I would hope that a smart series creator would know better than to use a trans character simply to make that point. And Mm. yet I also don't ever have any confidence that trans stories are going to be told with a certain sensitivity in that regard.
1: It would be a real shame because to me, I guess that's what we gain the most by this spending 14 years in development. Mm hmm. The comic basically doesn't deal with trans issues. It drops a lot of trans-related slurs, and it Mm -hmm. has a lot of sort of women playing men for convenience or for relationships. It doesn't ever delve into the notion of an identity, a Mm -hmm. transgender identity, and what that would feel like in this context. I mean... One of the things I'm, I'm eager to find out with, a, with an actor as strong as Elliot Fletcher playing Sam is like, what does that feel like? What does yeah. that wholesale disappearance and this mm-hmm. like, you know, we live in this time where there's just so much conversation about like biology and biological mandates and all this kind of thing. And you just think like, this is such a stark example Of what is effectively mirrored in the political realm, like I wanna know how Sam feels, and instead we gotta hear about Hero all the damn time.
0: Well, and I think that's part of the problem, right? Is because of the nature of the story we're telling, it has to be Yorick and Hero, right? Mm -hmm. Like it this really is a story about this particular family, and we're getting it through three different focal lenses. And Sam, unfortunately, is an addition to Hero's storyline. So everything that we see of Sam gets filtered through her perspective. So there is this point where Sam says, Can we please go to your mom because yeah. she's going to have access to medical supplies like testosterone?
1: Sam is desperate and mm-hmm. Hero keeps, oh my and God. And Hero
0: doesn't give a crap because no. she's selfish and narcissistic and self involved.
1: When she sabotages the car, Joe, I screamed out loud. I was, when she walks into the bar, and I was so... I knew she was going to, and yet it didn't make it any better when she did it.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it's, it, you know, again, this is not the actress. This is the character. And it's yeah. obviously being done by design. And yet it is challenging because there are really interesting stories that hopefully will still be told. I mean who knows (laughs) if the show doesn't get picked up by another network then it will end in about five to six episodes beyond what we've seen but overall there could be some missed opportunities to not do more with this character because yeah i mean i think you're right Mm mm-hmm these new additions are smart additions to a story that needed to be modernized. Mm-hmm. And I think the additions of Amber Tamlin and Elliot Fletcher are doing the kinds of things that the comic just didn't ever dedicate time to.
1: Mm-hmm. Agreed. Can we talk about that, uh, Yorick appearing in the Pentagon,
0: but mm-hmm. he's a ghost
1: thing? Uh,
0: <laughs> I mean, sure.
1: To me, it's it's emblematic of, I it's not unique to this series, right? The one thing I've learned from making this show is that mm-hmm. when you adapt something, you typically raise the stakes. It's like...
0: You raise the stakes, you make it bigger.
1: You make it bigger, you make it more dramatic. And I get it. I do. But I'm not sure, short of the fact that we get to see more Diane Lane, which is a benefit, mm-hmm. I'm not sure... I don't know. Part of the problem is that by elevating Jennifer Brown to the presidency... We end up with a situation where Yorick just being Yorick, aka a damn fool, Mm -hmm. it also has like higher and more critical stakes. And yeah, I don't know. I just don't know if I'm sold on that decision yet. I'm going to finish the series and decide.
0: Right. And yeah, folks, we should acknowledge we've seen less than half of this first season, so we don't actually know exactly where they're going to go. But I'm pretty certain that when you got Diane Lane, you're not going to drop this or follow no. the president as she, you know, tries to amalgamate into society in a different role. Like, no. we're going to continue to yeah. escalate the political war between her and Amber Tamblin as yeah. well as this woman, Regina, who will presumably try to make a bid for the presidency if she can get back from Israel. And... I think you have to because you've introduced a global conspiracy with the Mm -hmm. Copa Ring that Agent 355 is part of. And I think if they continue to adapt stories from the comics, there is a lot to do with negotiations between countries and Mm -hmm. the upsetting of a global balance, like in terms of power structures. So I can see what you mean, but I don't ever think we were gonna get a version of the story that would maybe just focus on small characters. Like we're never gonna get one that focuses on Nora's experience and Yorick.
1: No, I get it. And I don't really, I don't really, I don't think that I really want that, I guess. Mm I guess what I'm saying is that we've made it so that in the comics, York can make an awful lot of mistakes. Right. And it's okay. It's annoying. Mm -hmm. um, But the context makes sense. And the kinds of mistakes he makes are easily covered up. Okay. I'm not sure that the only living man in the world running through the Pentagon at night Mm -hmm. was a believable mistake to cover up and... I don't know, maybe I'm just sick of real life conspiracies. And so the idea of also having to maneuver through it in my fiction with people believing that like the president created this virus on purpose and her son survived and blah, 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 blah. Like,
0: I mean, Brenna... <laughs> <laughs> I, i'm sorry that you're seeing too much of real life that's
1: exactly that's exactly it i think that's what it is i was sort of like yeah but oh, now no. you're
0: trying to have it both ways ma'am because you're saying that you like amber tamblin and what she represents with this boy mom movement which is very much steeped in real life but you yeah. don't like the idea that there are people who would fall for a very dumb conspiracy no, about it's the not president that. manufacturing
1: i know they would fall for that conspiracy on account of real life it's the issue of like i don't find it believable that york got back out of the pentagon that night i don't find it believable that amber tamblin is just sitting on the fact that her mom saw york and Mm. i don't find that believable and i don't find it believable that york can keep being the foolish york of the comics who just keeps first of all stop taking off the gas mask Mm
0: -hmm. stop it (laughs) stop it (laughs) Mom scolding. Stop.
1: <laughs> when everybody knows that he's the president's son, right? Like, the stakes are are so oh, much see. higher, okay. and yet Yorick has not gotten more sophisticated commensurate with the stakes. Maybe that's what I'm trying to say.
0: Uh, okay, I can see that, because I, I would push back against the idea that Amber Tamblyn would sit on it, because I don't. I think she's... Politically savvy that she recognizes just blowing the lid off of it isn't going to help her. She needs to blackmail so that she can continue to capitalize on it. But I absolutely agree with you. I think it's hard to watch as a TV show because we feel like York should know better. But also, I'm thinking of the number of people who just can't act in their own self interest or their own self preservation in real life. And sadly, there are a lot of people who are going to act like you can say, oh, I think I see Beth. So I'm going to leave the middle of this crowded <laughs> market so I can go into a police area that is like not safe for me. Okay, Brenna, but I feel like maybe we're going in circles and you're having some technical issues. So why don't we <laughs> jump straight to the YA bingo? Yes, let's do that. Jeepers. Bingo. Not a good bingo. Okay, what have you got?
1: Okay, so I have got... Can I make a sarcastic perfect date for that grilled cheese that he makes her in the
0: first episode? <laughs> no. I'm, I will allow it. you to say it on air, but we won't count it. <laughs> okay, deal.
1: Um, okay, so borrowed time, obviously. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Filmed in the territory now known as Canada.
0: Yes. I
1: really enjoyed the dream that agent 355 has because it's Mm. totally shot in the winter garden theater which is my favorite theater in toronto
0: yes it's so Mm -hmm. pretty as soon as i saw those hanging leaves i knew exactly where we were
1: i know although i always wonder every time i'm in there how do they clean those anyway oh mm. (laughs) stunt casting for diane lane sorry diane lane you're always stunt casting everywhere you go
0: in our hearts yes
1: Mm -hmm, absolutely and um Obviously, dead bodies. Lots mm-hmm, of them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to put queer secondary character. I don't think we got to really talked about it enough, probably. But like, the way lesbianism is used in the comic, mostly as like a matter of convenience, I find yeah. very frustrating. And I think uh-huh. that Brian K. Vaughan can do a lot better. Actually, we know he can do a lot better because he's written much better queer characters than than the way he uses lesbianism in this comic.
0: Uh, right i mean i do appreciate the matter of factness with dr Mann. Mm-hmm. it's never yeah. made a big deal out of it, but it's also there's no real exploration of the idea that like i'm traveling with another woman that i find incredibly attractive and i have no feelings like mm-hmm. the only person who really gets to indulge in their romantic sexual feelings is yorick
1: yeah yep and- yep
0: Yep. um okay so i have the chosen one because Ooh,
1: oh god yeah right <laughs>
0: could we ever have a better example yeah uh, we do have some fx work particularly on the tv show occasionally Ooh. ampersand looks a Ampersand's little bit face Anytime yeah. he's
1: in the cage just don't look directly at his face it's just upsetting
0: right yeah <laughs> um I have a house porn for the fourth episode when they end up in the women's shelter. Maybe that's an offensive way of putting it. But like they show up at this place and it's absolutely massive and can accommodate 12 people.
1: Yeah, it is beautiful. I also love that the people who we think are Amazons are holed up in what must be the greatest mansion in the world in the apocalypse. Yeah, Costco.
0: Yeah, Two final ones. So I'm saying sort of magic supernatural because of the way the plague is kind of treated. Like, yeah more so in the comics like they refer to it as a virus and a plague but it also seems to have like a mystical how did we disperse this so that it affects every man all at once kind of deal
1: yeah and there's definitely a sense of like in the comic actual religions are sprouting up in response whereas Mm -hmm. in the tv series the response is much less supernatural and much more kooky conspiracy
0: Mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm uh sorry i lied i have two more so uh we've got a road trip because the Comics is oh, yeah. just one long road trip over and over again mm-hmm. and then i have good friendships principally for the relationships that develop yes between yorick and 355 but i think more so 355 and dr man and the way I that like they that. just belittle Yurik yes when they well he chance, deserves like, it <laughs> he does it's true
1: uh one more we do have abuse um in yorick's mm. history for sure
0: Yes, yes, that is right. Okay, so ironically enough, that gives us two lines, Brenda.
1: Whoa, two lines? Yay, look at us. Yay,
0: hey. yeah. Okay,
1: this new board okay. is really working for
0: us, Joe. I know, it's the inclusion of that free bingo square really helps.
1: Yeah, I guess playing it like it's a real bingo game. <laughs>
0: hmm yeah, yeah, isn't that funny how that works? okay oh, so britta where are we going next we've technically done a run of three full length episodes but uh yes. we're back to minisode format next week
1: uh yeah so we're checking out a tv series um joe this ticks a lot of our boxes in terms of things we want to see get more coverage so okay. the show is called ronnie Chang international student it's an australian television comedy oh it follows a comedian ronnie Chang playing an international student and it's partly fictionalized, but it's really based on his own experiences studying law at the University of Melbourne.
0: Okay. Yeah, it's interesting. We haven't really acknowledged it. But why the last man is technically new adult, I would say, even yeah, so. verging beyond that. And I get the impression this is going to be an extension of that.
1: Definitely. Yeah, definitely. And uh, Ronnie Chang, if you don't know him, he's a Malaysian comedian actor. And um, he's actually currently one of the senior correspondents on The Daily Show. So this Uh. series is actually from back in 2016 but it's just landed on cbc gem and other streaming services in north america i'm excited to check it out it exists because it won a reality show in Uh australia to like make a new comedy series it's only seven episodes i'm gonna try to watch the whole thing i think joe you're gonna watch the first couple yeah and uh yeah i'm excited to talk about it because it looks like it's a lot of fun and and really different from anything else we've looked at
0: Ah, I'm excited too. Yeah, I can always do with a bit more comedy as well. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and Brenna, if people are reading along with us for book club, what oh, should they be yeah. checking out?
1: They should be reading The Serpent King by Jeff Zentner. It's a really good, interesting YA Approach to class, but also masculinity. I think Mm. it's going to hit on a lot of things that we've tried to find good representations of and maybe struggled a bit. So I'm trying not to oversell it in case Joe hates it, but (laughs) I'm hoping people read along with this one. Also, I have kind of noticed that I think we do a little bit better with people jumping on the book club with more contemporary titles, seems to be the case generally. So, and more contemporary titles and one off titles. So, this is not part of a series. You can just pick it up and uh, you should. So Jeff Zentner, Serpent King. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. And then folks, if you want to get started on the next book, in addition to book club, because it is a little bit longer. Oh boy, Brenna, I feel like I already dislike myself for doing this to us. But mm. we're going to finally check out Ernest Cline's Ready Player One and Steven Spielberg's adaptation.
1: Ah. Uh. I feel like this is going to be a deeply confronting experience because i loved the book when it first came out and so then i read I. all the criticisms of it and i was like mm-hmm. oh yeah right shoot
0: yeah yeah <laughs> oh my gosh uh so much man and pixie dream girl rottenness <sighs> so folks if you want to get ahead of this you can probably re-listen to our scott pilgrim episode i feel like we're going to have a lot of the same criticisms
1: And if you're interested in hearing similar self-flagellation, I feel like this is going to really echo back to our Ender's Game episode, too.
0: Yeah, so plenty of fun to be had. So uh, yes, we've got Ronnie Chang, international student, next week, and then Ready Player One, and then Jeff Sentners, The Serpent King for Book Club after that. And Brenna, if they want to get a hold of us about any of this, how would they do so? So if you want to find us
1: on Twitter, we're at HKHSpod, or on the hashtag HKHSpod. If you want to find me, I'm at Brenna C. Gray, that's Gray with an A. If you want to find Joe, he's at B. Stole My Remote. That's the letter B. And we we can receive long form commentary at hkhspod at gmail.com. See, Joe, wow. I got it all in before my mic shorts out again.
0: <laughs> Fantastic. You are such a pro.
1: <laughs> Until next time, folks, I will see you on the page and hopefully be audible next time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Yes. I'm now doing the podcast by myself and Brenna writes in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and yeah, so I will see you on the screen. <laughs> Bye. 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 <laughs> there's a hint that the women that hero and uh what's her name burp, 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 burp.
1: i think she's really good and and more importantly you know there's a lot of changes that they made to the tv show that um i are fine or they're what am i trying to say
0: take that again
1: <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs>